Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Thank you for downloading episode 301. This week, we have an update on how the state's doing. Naughty, naughty Fanny. POTUS warns us against Whitey. District 3 update. Gambling with the government as the house. The death of DEI. Are more voting changes on the way? And new speaker problems. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, Ken the Man Pullen. Dave, how are you? Doing good. Last week was fun, man. It was. And I, I heard you coughing a little bit. I think everybody in the state of Georgia has that dry cough at the moment. I've got I've got some cough drops below me at the moment. Yeah, I left my lifesavers <laughs> over across the room. <laughs> God, it just feels like everybody's been sick the last month. Oh, well. We'll, oh, yeah. get, over it. we'll get over it in the spring. Yeah, then allergies will start. <laughs> yeah, then we'll have the grass coming out. Yeah, uh, yeah. then the, the, the skies will turn yellow. Yep. I know. So, you know, my wife is, is a Wolverine. I know. Congrats. That was, that was a heck of a game. It was a good game. I told you earlier, I don't think the final score was really a good indication of how good the game was. I thought the first half and even the third quarter was really good. Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, look, the game against the Michigan-Alabama game was was outstanding. Yeah, it was. Both of the semifinal games were good. You'd go, you'd go into overtime and, and, and Alabama really, really, I mean, they, they played their hearts out and yep. Michigan came out on top of – Michigan, Michigan didn't pull away to the fourth quarter. Right, right. You know, in the first quarter, it looked like it was going to be, you know, Michigan was just going to out physical them like they did Alabama. And they did all game. They did beat them up all game, but Michigan kept shooting themselves in the foot. But in the fourth quarter, it came together. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good game. And I thought both coaches showed a lot of class in the, in the last two minutes where Washington wasn't just going to – they were three, down three touchdowns. What are you going to do, start throwing bombs? Just <laughs> – Go out there, get in a heavy set, just get, yeah, get the three downs, punt it away, and Harbaugh did the same thing. And Washington had timeouts they could have taken. They, they could have forced a punt there. But I thought it was classy on both coaches' part to, you know what, game's over. Let's not get anybody hurt. Go shake hands. Now, is your coach staying at Michigan or is he potentially a free agent now? I'd heard rumors that he was leaving after this year, no matter what happened. Harbaugh? Yeah. I don't know. Harbaugh is a Michigan man. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. he's he's born and raised in Michigan, uh, played quarterback in Michigan. That was his dream job. <clears throat> Man, did you see the interview afterwards? He said uh, he said he can sit at a big boy table when he has Christmas dinner now because his dad has won a college football championship, his brothers won a, a Super Bowl, and now he's won a college football championship. <laughs> so he yeah, said, he gets, yeah, I don't. yeah. It was a pretty funny interview. He said he gets to sit at a big boy table now at Christmas. I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought the camaraderie between the the father and brothers is 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 really good. Being yeah, a football family and yeah. And look, I'm I'm sure there are real sobs when things don't go their way. I mean, I've 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 seen the look on on both the Harbaugh's Harbaugh boys' faces when things aren't going well in the field. Yep. But so is uh, the, yeah. The no, players I, bleed for him. I agree. So a little closer to home is Kirby Smart going to the Falcons. I mean, I. It would be a it would be a shame. I mean, it'd be great for me. I'm a Gator. It'd they be great said for the, me. They but. said the Falcons are going to offer him twenty million a year, and he makes about ten million a year now in college. He's to, by the way, he's the highest paid 
government employee in Georgia, but he makes about ten million, and they say the Falcons may give him twenty. He could have gotten that from A and M. Oh, easy. I heard the same thing. Yeah, easy. I heard the same thing from A and M has unlimited money because yes, it's, it's all it's all oil money out there. Yep, they do. <clears throat> he he could have gotten fifty million a year from from A and M, and kept it kept all his recruiting contacts and all that stuff. I don't know college coaches that 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 come over to the NFL other than Pete Carroll, well. yeah, who also got got shown the door. Uh, Pete Carroll, who won both a Natty and a Super Bowl. Yep. <clears throat> Other than him, you look at Spurrier, flop. Oh, yeah, I don't picture Kirby as an NFL quarterback, but I hope Georgia keeps him. Uh, I mean, a coach, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, the state of Georgia's got unlimited money at the moment, so why don't why don't the state just kick in an extra five, ten million a year? I mean, we're, the, we're the, giving the alumni, it to everybody else, right? <laughs> the, the boosters and the alumni can can easily raise ten million a year. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Now, if you passed a hat around Georgia, keep keep Kirby smart. Everybody chipped in a dollar. Everybody instead of, instead of buying a, an extra Georgia T shirt this year, chipping a dollar, oh, they'd, no come doubt. Up, they'd come up with another thirty million. <clears throat> but you know, another uh, uh, coach that uh, flopped when he went from from college to the NFL was was Nick Saban. He did, which he, he was, is he was with he the, is no with longer the, now, with, right? Yeah, he 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 went went to the Dolphins and flopped. I remember that. Yeah, he did. He had a terrible time at the Dolphins, and uh, yeah, but, Nick Saban retired last week. Also, I don't. I think he's actually done with football. I think he's just gonna play golf all the time and sit at his lake he's house. 70, he's seventy two years old. He's good friends with with Spurrier. Uh, and I, th- I think he sees what g- a good time Spurrier has. He's, Spurrier's like head of football. And I, I, I don't know what his he has some ma- made up position with uh, with the gay with the Gators. Yep. But yeah, he plays golf whenever he wants to. Uh, uh, is a legend on on uh, campus. I was about to say on post <clears throat> on campus. But I saw, I saw Jonathan told me uh, Giles told told me that they were. Laying flowers and gifts at, at Saban's statue. I'm like, he was retiring. He's not dead. <laughs> yeah. Also, somebody, somebody on Twitter said, isn't it nice when a 72-year-old guy goes out and just retires? Uh, and they're like, is there any way they could send a message to the uh, two, 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 the two old guys running for president? And maybe it's time for them to hang it up also? Yeah. And look, I think they're the – if you, we're, we'll, this will be the last one. We're not a sports uh, uh, podcast, but I think the future of of football lies with like the Dolphins. Their coach is like thirty six years old. Yeah, I do too. It's gonna be. He's, yeah, he's he's like I don't know if he's actually five four, but next to all the players, he looks five four and he looks twelve. Yep, this is a different guy. But he's but he's got a he's he's got a, an amazing mind and an amazing way of of motivating pl- players. And I, th- I think that's that's where uh, it's it's sort of going. It's it's it's, it's heading that direction. Yep. And to, to to start looking at at more seventy two year old guys to to bring into to organizations. It's not that they're not useful, and and and, and certainly if Saban wanted to stay at Alabama, he'd he'd stay relevant for for the next ten well, years. What's the reason we to. retire at some point in our life? I mean, stuff doesn't work the same. You don't think the same as. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's why to retire. I mean, look, I hope to retire in five or 10, 15 years, but it's just different, right? So, well, and, and honestly, nothing the, the against people and, that are 75 or 80. It's just a different world. Well, you're just not going to see a Joe Paterno again, fortunately, thanks for everything else that went on up there. But you're not going to see a guy that, that, that's at 85 years old that, 
uh, <clears throat> can barely get up and down the sidelines and uh, ends up sitting up in the booth and just basically just hands everything over to his assistant coaches. Yep. <clears throat> so enough of that. Speaking of the highest paid government employee, <laughs> Governor Kemp gave us the state of the state address. I say state of the union, state of the state address. <clears throat> yeah, it is a state of state address. It's kind of interesting. Uh, he gave this last Wednesday, I guess, as the show drops or last actually last Thursday as the show drops. And this is his annual address to both parties or to the Senate, the Georgia Senate and the Georgia House. So they all convene in the House. All the senators walk over. It's this grandiose thing where everybody shakes hands, sort of like the State of the Union when the president walks in. But this is where Governor Kemp lays out, along with they also have this eggs and issues breakfast that the chamber puts on. But really, those are the two places that the governor, the speaker and lieutenant governor sort of lay out their agenda for the upcoming session. And Dave, I told you this earlier, like, I think if you... If you closed your eyes right now, and we'll get to the details of it, but you said back in 2018, the state budget was $25 billion, And then this year, six years later, the state budget was going to be $37.5 billion. I think most people would guess that Stacey Abrams won the election in 2018, not Governor Kemp. I, mean, I guess it's a good problem to have, but the state government has unlimited amounts of money at the moment. And Governor Kemp is spending that money this year on his priorities. <clears throat> on his priorities, huh? <clears throat> yeah. He's I mean, given, yeah. given three grand to, to state law enforcement. Yep. This is on top of 6,000 last year. Uh, 2,500 more to teachers. And that all, uh, that ups the teacher amounts to $10,000 over the past six years. So teachers will be up to $10,000 increase over a five or six year period. And look, I, I know both positions are underpaid, <clears throat> but you don't go into either uh either job field thinking I'm going to make a bunch of money. No, and te- I think we needed to pay teachers. Uh, I mean, you know, teachers $10,000 in a five-year period when probably the average teacher salary may have been 50-ish. I mean, you're looking at a nice little 25% bump. So, yeah, all the state employees, I think other state employees are going to receive um, 4% increase, 4% increases. And then some of the other proposals. Well, it'd, be, it'd, be a 20, it'd be a 20% bump. but Yeah, 20% bump. Yeah, right, right. <clears throat> Uh, Kemp's going to spend more money on Medicaid, which is it's going to be a couple hundred million dollars on Medicaid going in. And I know we talked about it before he's going to put four hundred fifty million for a new prison in Washington County. So we can we can talk about each of those items, but there's definitely some big ticket items in the budget this year. Well, we also need to fix the GDC, the Georgia Department of Corrections. And I don't know if that's a money problem. But if it, if I, I've, I've seen the arguments, especially on, on Salaji's page, about, well, if you paid the guards more, they wouldn't take bribes. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen how much politicians make? <laughs> and, they, and they still take bribes? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a – I mean, it is a pay problem. They don't make much. But who wants to go work in some of these jails with the – they're understaffed. And that's the problem here. We're, I mean, we're about to spend four fifty for a new prison in Washington County. How that we they, can't staff. They, they, they can't staff. They, they can't staff. And Jessica has reported on this a lot. The AJC has reported on this a lot. We've got a huge problem in the prison system in the state of Georgia. And I'm not sure how just spending a, building a new prison is going to correct the existing issues we've got now. You can't throw money at problems. Look, I'll, get, I'll give you the simple, simplest thing. The war on poverty. You would think people don't have money, throw money at them. And poverty go away. 
No. Yeah, that's if right. you don't if you don't fix the underlying problem and with prisons it's <clears throat> security staffing yep the facility is a problem facility absolutely is a problem especially down in Smith state where they're housing maximum security inmates in a, in a medium security prison it feels like somebody, prison. it feels like there's yes yeah, so it feels like there's somebody getting killed down there every week um that we're well, at least there's a there's a life flight every week. Where someone's I know, been stabbed. I know that's anecdotal on my part, but it really feels like every time I pull up Jessica's Facebook page, there's been some incident at Smith Station. I mean, it's just I, I can't imagine being down there. I, th- I think it was Smith State that the inmates took a, took control of a ward <laughs> for a short no, period of time. No, that was Jackson. That was Jackson. That was Jackson. Down. Yep. Yeah, oh close. yeah, that's that. That's the. Jackson's more of the, the yeah. Jackson's more of the intake where prisoners go before they get released out. You know, get their final assignment. But it's also where we house all the people on death rows in Jackson. Yeah, the worst of the worst. Yeah. Yep. So you have, you have two different types. You got you got the diagnostic where they come in and go, okay, let's see kind of risk you are. Yep. Okay, are you good? Are you good at operating heavy equipment? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, and a couple, yeah, and a couple other items in this budget. Uh, there's going to be a new medical school at Georgia, which I thought was really big news. So that's I got about a $50 million price tag, and there's going to be a new dental school at Georgia Southern. So really expanding out on programs at you know universities within the state of Georgia. Hell, I wouldn't mind seeing a scholarship program for medical school with the understanding just just like if you, if you do if you get a scholarship with, with the military, yep, is you owe six years. To the state of Georgia. It doesn't matter where you work in the state of Georgia, but you have to stay within the state or you have to pay us back. Yep. So I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a, seeing a program like that, especially with the new medical school, is let's turn out some really good physicians and let's hold them in the state. And hopefully after six years, they've grown roots here. And you, you come out of medical school at what, 26, 27, if, if, if you go straight through? By the time you get a residency? By the time you get married, you start to have kids, you start to grow roots, and, and hopefully you you, you, yeah, you settle here stay. in Georgia. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, and, and I agree we, and we have areas like down down near Statesboro and in South Georgia and Southwest Georgia also that you don't have access. You know, the medical care is other than a primary care physician, so like you know, an urgent care. You, you, there's no trauma centers. There's there's if you have any sort of operation, you got to go. T- Two hours away. Yep, I agree. I agree. And uh, let me that, see what else. Yeah, I was, I was going to say what else we got in here. I, I don't know if you saw this, but Governor Kemp and Lieutenant Governor came out strong for school choice legislation this year. He said, "There's amen. not." Yeah, he said, "There's not a." He said, "This cannot get kicked to the curb for another year." If everybody remembers, about eighteen Republicans voted against school choice last year. I talked to someone this week on the inside and. They still they think the numbers have grown among Republicans that don't support it. So over, you know, since since they last since they left session last April, what's happened is these rural superintendents, school superintendents, have just come down hard on their local representatives, and and the bill is being categorized completely incorrect. You know, we've got these teacher they're not unions, but teacher associations coming out hard against this bill. They they're saying things are inaccurate. I put something on my Facebook page or Facebook uh, about it this week that this school choice bill is really narrowly, you know, it's very narrow anyway. It says if your child is in the lowest 25% of schools in, in the state of Georgia, then you have that opportunity to take the state funds 
and move them elsewhere. So you can devote that to other educational expenses or you can put it towards private school tuition. You know, it's not taking money away from public schools, but even if it was, that's not necessarily a terrible thing. It's creating competition out there in the marketplace. And that's what we need in education is more competition. And we need to make sure parents are the ones, you know, in, in control of funds and in control of what their child receives versus the other way around. Now, the <clears throat> with just the state funds, and I kind of I can't remember how much how much each student gets. Sixty five hundred, um, yeah, six thousand five hundred dollars. It's gonna, it's it's gonna. You may see uh, some private schools start popping up in, in in lower income areas that their tuition just happens to be sixty five hundred dollars a year. Yeah, or I mean, or that sixty five hundred dollars could go towards uh, even if let's say it's ten thousand. I know a lot. I know there's private schools around me that give scholarships to to you know kids that come from low performing schools anyway. So there's always going to be a way for that parent to be able to use that money to get a better education for their child. But yeah, Governor Kemp came down hard on that. Look, my state representative voted no last year. I'm going to be interested to see if she changes her vote this year in an election year. Uh, I, you know, people losing their jobs or the uh, you know when they start thinking they could lose their jobs, that will make votes change a lot of times. Right. It's I was about to say it's election year politics. It's, it's exactly why we didn't get permitless carry until. It was time for, for Kemp to get reelected. And I think they're going to move the school choice vote up in a session. So I don't see them having this vote after qualifying. Qualifying is like the first week of March. I think they're going to force the hand of these representatives and have this vote early in a session. So if they vote no, they know they could end up having a primary opponent. I don't think they'll keep this to the last minute because there's no – if they keep it to the last minute, what's the and, – and these people don't have primary opponents, what's the motivation then to vote yes on it? I mean, there's none. We know CNADA is going to be on the 28th of March. Yep. And it is amazing how quickly they can get out when it's an election year. Well, yeah. And then, uh, uh, yeah. So qualifying cross, is crossover day is, is going to be pretty close to uh, pretty close to qualifying. So that bill will have to be out there. It is, before. but this bill's already gone through the Senate. So it just has to go to the House. The House voted no on it last year. This is not one that has to make it by crossover day. It could okay. come up. Yeah, it could come up at any point now. But I do. I think they're going to force the hands before before qualifying in March. So I think we'll see it you know, potentially in the next three or four weeks. And you know what? <clears throat> if if uh, if your rep were to vote against it, I, you ought to be the first one on the stump going, she wants to take away your choice. She wants to force your children to stay in a failing school. Well, and the problem with my rep voting against it is not one school in her district would actually be affected by this bill because we have no low-performing schools in our district. But it would affect kids that are in school systems in, you know, in, in Atlanta and certain areas, certain other parts of Georgia that do have failing schools. So why a legislator wouldn't vote yes on this when it does not affect their district in the least bit is beyond me. Unless it's the other way. <clears throat> Unless it's they don't want kids coming from failing schools in Atlanta and coming down to their their school. Yeah, I don't know. I don't need, Yeah, I don't know if it's that devious, but yeah, I just I yeah. just don't get why they don't pass this. I mean, this is a campaign. This is something that Republicans can run on and win in November. You know, they need Absolutely. to pass. Yeah, and it's a pass this legislation, get it out of the way, and we'd also like for them to. I, I know we've talked about pay raises, but. 
Man, cut the income tax more. I mean, Georgia has $16 billion in reserves. It's time to take that in. It's, it's time to make substantial decreases in the state income tax, not these. Get rid of it. Yeah, but, you know, they have press conferences when they go from 5.5 to 5.4, which means you're going to save the average Georgian about $56 a year. And then teachers get $10,000 over a four-year period. So come on now, let's give this, let's give the people of Georgia, the taxpayers, let's give them the same amount of money that we're giving government employees. I don't think that's too much to ask. Speaking of government employees, Fanny is getting her Fanny smacked. <laughs> oh goodness. What a headline. Wow. Oh, she's been she's been playing the old uh tickle pickle. How did she think she was gonna get away with this? It's just beyond me. Well, you know, I told you, and I don't know if I said it on the show, I, I have a friend who used to work in her office. She demands to be called Madam. That's her ego. So she, if, if you're if you're talking if you're talking about your office, Madam wants to see this report. Madam wants to see what's going on in this case. Yes, uh, uh, yes, Madam. That's the, she, that's how she she wants to be she wants to be addressed. That that's her ego. And if you don't know anything about this, what we're talking about here, Stefani Willis hired special prosecutor Nathan Wade, or he wasn't a special prosecutor. She hired him to be special prosecutor in the Georgia election case. This guy's never prosecuted a felony case before. Well, what's come out now is her and Nathan were having an improper relationship. He's been paid over $700,000, and he has taken her on trips together. I think I saw that he had taken her to Hawaii for a trip. Uh, I know Napa. I know Cancun. I know cruises. So she um, paid him $700,000, and then he turns around and takes her on junkets all over the United States. Oh, yeah. He, that, when he that signed his, his, his divorce decree, he was hired as private as special prosecutor the, right then. Wow. So... And look, this guy, this guy is a as as a personal injury attorney. That's 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 what he's been doing in practice. He, he's he's had billboards around town and stuff like that. <clears throat> he is. You would expect that if you had a special prosecutor, you would want to bring somebody in that with experience prosecuting, prosecuting. felony cases. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, <clears throat> or especially mm-hmm. with uh, with maybe election law, something like that. Not not uh, ambulance chasing. Yeah, and then probably not sleeping with the ambulance chaser. I mean, how does she? I mean, it, does she think she's that far? And okay, so not to harp on that, I think everybody knows where I'm going with that. You know, Georgia passed that law a couple of years ago for these district attorneys, and Republicans came out hard again this week. And you know, State Senator Colton Moore is taking a tough time on his call for Fonnie Wills to be investigated. Like, I think I think the Speaker of the House said something about it this week. Uh, other representatives have made this. They say she needs to immediately be investigated up under that law. Chris Carney's get off his ass. <laughs> yeah. Now, and and I said before, I said we talked before the show. It could be that he's actually doing his job. And the GBI is investigating. And they just don't have press conferences when there's nothing to. They they haven't brought charges yet. I mean, you don't see the FBI coming out and go, yeah, we've got. Uh, uh, Don Corleone under investigation. No, you, you don't do that. You wait until you have something concrete and say, we have an indictment on whatever. I'm just not sure they're going to do anything. We'll see. But uh, Jim Jordan, you know, U.S. Representative Jim Jordan, 
is uh, opening an investigation in Washington for this. So he's seeking all the invoices from the prosecutor, Nathan Wade, about travel and legal expenses. It also sounds like this guy met in the White House with Joe Biden's team and charged the state of Georgia for that time he met with the White House. So that that's got what some a, stench to it also. What an idiot. Yeah, what that's really bad. That's going to come back to Biden. Now, I, I don't know if he flew to Washington for it or if he had a Zoom call. It doesn't matter. Is that why would an actual chaser meet with the president's team? Right. I mean, that's well, he was he was already special investigator because he built. Yeah, them but meet with, yeah, and meet with the president's not a good look if you're a special investigator. And it, it just means he met with somebody at the White House. It doesn't yep. doesn't necessarily mean that that first of all, a conversation with Biden would have been way more expensive if I if I had to have, have a conversation with Biden because it would have taken three hours <laughs> for him to get out of sentence. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. This this is this is a bad look on one the the this whole idea that that the White House is hands off when it comes to you know DOJ. Well, how 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 are we supposed to believe that he's not doesn't have his fingers in DOJ when he's got his fingers in a state case? Yep, exactly. In fact, a county case. A county case, well, not a state case. County. Yep. So. What 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 does the White House have to do? Were they were they calling just like with Hunter Biden talking about the weather? I don't know. Yeah, what do they but have him up there talking it, to him about? It was two different instances, and I and I can't. I, I saw the invoice. I can't remember how much he charged, but it was however long. It, it was an hour, or whatever his hourly rate. I think he charged seven hundred dollars an hour for those two meetings. <laughs> when you when you've got seven hundred thousand dollars rolling in, you're on the gravy train. Uh, your star is on the rise. All you have to do is keep your mouth shut about that and what you and Fanny are doing. That's all you had to do. I know, but you, you got to figure and, and, and what him a, and Fanny were doing led to this whole thing. I mean, do you think he gets that job if he's not slopping Fanny? Lord, I mean, no. Yeah, I mean, that's it. He, I, wish, I wish I was a $700,000 lover. <laughs> Good Lord, for seven hundred grand, Connie probably give me permission. <laughs> Bring home the bacon, baby. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's like, like, you pull one of those off a year and I'll never work again. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot that comes out of this. I think she's going to be in trouble. I think Republicans have got that opening now to really go after her in the state of Georgia. And uh, God, this, this stinks to high heaven. It really does. At very least, uh, it may get a change of venue. Yeah, and what about all the other people that have settled so far? What's going to come out of their appeals at this point? I mean, do they have uh, – yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens then. Right. And this was a defendant that brought it out. Yep. Now, if you don't have 18 defendants, this may or may not come out. Right. This this is this has been horribly played by, by the Fulton DA's office from Jump Street. First yep. of all, they had no business even prosecuting it. That's that's up to up to Chris Carr. Yep. They, they, they had had no business diverting resources away from their backlog of cases. We've got people in pretrial detention dying in Fulton County, being locked up so long because they can't, they can't get a trial date. And you want to you want to have you want to take seven hundred oh, three quarters of a million dollars out of your budget to go yep. after one guy because you don't like the orange man. I know. This it's and she thinks she's running for reelection. And she, she's such a smug snot. She probably will go ahead and, and qualify for reelection. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I would think this is going to make a challenger come out and go after her. Yeah. 
Hell, I'd put it on my signs. Won't yep. sleep with subordinates. I know, exactly. And, you know, it may be, it may be too, too nuanced for, 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 for a lot of the voters. Because a lot of people, a lot of people aren't policy, policy wonks like we are. You know, they, they don't get into, uh, you know, the nuts and bolts. They may watch the six o'clock news on, on channel five or whatever. But this is going to get too big. This can get so big that, you know, even the, the local news who typically protect uh, Willis and all that stuff, it's going to be too much for them to even protect her. It is. It is. Yeah, it's going to it's going to have to come out. It's going to have to be covered by the AJC. I mean, not that anyone actually reads the AJC other than online, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 going to be it, it's going to be ugly in that office. And I guarantee yep. you. I guarantee you, my friend is is glad is glad she's not working there anymore because <laughs> yep. it's going to be <laughs> ugly in that office. All right, Biden goes all in on white supremacy, which is an appropriate story to discuss on this show because it drops on Martin Luther King Day. Yep. Yeah. So Biden Biden last week went down to Charleston, South Carolina, and gave a big speech in a church down there, which it feels like Democrats always want to keep religion out of churches or keep politics out of churches. And this is where he gave his big speech last week. But he called white supremacy a poison that continues to haunt the nation during a campaign speech last week. Uh, this is where the nine black Americans were murdered uh, back in 2015. So he, he went back to an event that occurred before President Trump was even in under, office. Yeah, under Obama. Under Obama. And, his, his, and, and Biden was part of his administration. Yep. And he said that, I mean, this, and he's, again, he said that white supremacy was this poison. And he says the number one, he says one of the biggest issues in America right now is white supremacy. I don't, I guess this is what, look, it's, it's January. I guess this is what he's basing his entire campaign on is the evil white people trying to keep everybody down. I don't get this strategy of this. Of this going, is the same guy that, that was on, I think. I think it was Charlemagne the God show. Um, he said, "If you don't vote for me, you ain't black." Right? Exactly. I mean, <clears throat> and it, when and when he was at the pulpit talking, you know, he's t- he started doing a, a bad impersonation of a, of, a, of a black Southern preacher. He did. Yep. He's he's like, he put Hillary the used to the, do that kind of stuff also. <laughs> You know, she oh, yeah. change her voice shows all like, over. Yeah, she change her voice. Oh yeah. What do you care? What do you care in your purse? Hot sauce. Yep. I mean, just. I mean, if, you, if you, I don't understand how people don't see that pandering, like Kennedy, for for all of all of his faults, didn't come down to the South and try to drop his his uh, uh, New England accent. He went out and found himself a vice president candidate from the South. Yep. Here. Here you speak. You speak to these people, but uh, it's 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 amazing to me that that they fall for this. And remember that MLK was for the most part a conservative. He was denied a carry permit in Alabama, mm-hmm. and he wanted to carry a pistol to protect himself. Which goes back just because it's MLK Day that uh, weapons permits are the last remaining Jim Crow law and they're protected by Democrats. Yep. Yeah. To, they want to keep guns out of the hands of the undesirables. Who were the undesirables back in, back in the sixties? Black people. And they're, they're being held down by whom? 
Democrats. Yep. And I think Biden, you know, that I was listening the other day about the percentage. So I think when Obama ran for office, about 68% of eligible black people voted. Uh, I think when Trump won, that number went down to about 62%. And then last year it went up, or four years ago or three years ago, it went back up to about 65%. And then out of the black people that vote, about 93-ish percent vote for the Democrat Party. So I think what he's... What this is, is an attempt to make sure he gets that black vote up to that 68, that Obama level uh, years. But I don't know if going all in a white supremacy is the, is the it, right way to do the, that. It is not breaking 90 plus percent for him anymore. Yeah, I just. I, it's, it's, I, hate, I mean, people I hate have, when politics people does have, this. I do too, but people have kitchen table issues again, right? I don't, I don't care if you're white, black, Hispanic. The issues right now are not white supremacy. No one thinks about white supremacy right now, except the president. The issues are gas, gas, groceries, school, right? And that's why we need school choice passed in Georgia. But those are the issues people are thinking about, not white supremacy. Yes, he didn't go to Chicago, where the people in the neighborhood are are furious about about illegal immigration, right? House in their areas and and yeah, schools are uh, being shut down. Yeah, schools are being shut down yeah, in Chicago and New get, York yeah. to use yeah, for temporary housing shelters. Yes, yeah. knows he knows he, he's not out for he's not out there in New York saying white supremacy. Like no, that's not that's not our issue. Our kids can't go to school. Yes, I know. I mean, at this point, Michigan is, bra- is breaking hard. Trump early, 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 early polls. Uh, <laughs> Hell, at this point, I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be surprised to see Illinois be a, fl- a flip, uh, a coin flip. Yeah, people. I mean, if, people, immigration is not getting any better, right? So over the next seven, eight, nine months, I mean, we've got millions of people coming across the border, and they're they've got to go somewhere if they if they make it over here. Right. <sighs> yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. Is is when in these in these sanctuary cities are starting to get fed up. Yeah, they're not sanctuary anymore since they everybody's showing up on their doorstep. Yeah, just like Martha's Vineyard was 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 all liberal until until a busload showed up like, oh, 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 unless unless you have a lawnmower, you not you don't belong here. We're gonna send you somewhere else. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw, but the mayor of Boston last week was telling people that you know if you have if you have a space, if you have an extra room in your in your house. Please let us know so you can potentially house a family of migrants that's coming across the border. I mean, they don't know what to do at this point. They're asking normal citizens out there that own houses to start housing people. Uh, uh, and again, they're shutting down schools to house uh, people coming across the border. You know, Biden, Biden's answer to that is the the secretary of whatever, uh, Mayorkas, who's being He's got an investigation against him in the House right now. His answer is, give me more money so we have more people to process people coming across the border, which is totally the wrong approach. We need to stop the flow of people coming across, not let's just hire a bunch more people to process them. What kind of answer is that? You you can cut down the border wall. The very simple way to do it is cut the benefits off. Yes. If if you're not a legal resident, your kids aren't going to school. You're not a legal resident. You're not you're not collecting food stamps. You're not a legal resident. You're not getting housing housing uh, uh, allowance. And and say, look, if, if uh, just like you know, my ancestors got here during the potato famine. You, you show up uh, empty pockets. You better go find a job. Yep. 
or, or go hop in a, a, a soup line at, at a church and, tr- and try to get fed, but you better go find a job. And, and I know that sounds cruel, uh, no, but that's that's that's, that's the libertarian a- approach: is is stop feeding, stop putting food out. The strays will stop showing up. And the Democrats keep saying it. This is nothing but families and young kids coming across the border. If you look at these caravans that are coming across the border, 95% of the people are men walking across that border. It's not families coming across that border. And it's people from all over the world now. So, I mean, you've got people from India, people from China. Uh, you've got uh, you, get, you just got people from all over. It's not just Mexico anymore. So everybody knows they can get across the southern border and Af- just come Af- into Afghanistan. The US. Yeah, Afghanistan. Uh, Yemen. Yes, that's uh, who's uh, coming Iran. in. And and I ask you, how does how does a poor person fly from Tehran to uh, to Mexico yeah, to Mexico City and, and then walk across to, to, to yep. walk across? Yep. Right. So we got we got Haitians again. How does a poor Haitian that has that that's dirt poor fly himself? Other than I heard the theory that George Soros is 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 doing a lot of this. I just think we're at a breaking point with immigration, and I think it's going to become a lot bigger campaign issue. And this is where Trump, if Trump was, look, if I was I'm helping him run his campaign, focus on two or three issues, focus on inflation, border control, and the economy. And that's it. Don't talk about anything else. Don't get carried away and, with the media. Don't get carried away with all this other nonsense. Focus on the core issues that are affecting people. Stop doing stand-up. Yeah, stop doing stand-up. Yeah, definitely You're not stop good doing at that. It. Stop! 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 Improving! Stop doing stand up! Stop yep. trying to make funny names for people. Every time stop he calling people names, he gets in trouble. Yeah, right. Just, just stick to those core issues. If you want to, if and look, if you want to talk about Joe Biden's cognitive issues, great. But, but do it in such a way that he can't string three sentences together. Which, look, I'll, I can say all day long. I'm not running for president. But what I'd say, you've seen him on stage and say, look. I don't like the guy, but from a human standpoint, they're abusing him, which is yep. which is true, and that would that would turn more soccer moms back onto him instead of just saying he just he can't string three sentences together. <clears throat> and look, I'll tell you all, all day long. He wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed to begin with, but he but he what what we see now is just a shell of of, of what that was. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, who's going to replace Drew Ferguson in District Three? Yeah, just a quick update, because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening uh, that are in my district. So, so far, we've got five people, I think, that declare, or four people that declare. Former State Rep. Philip Singleton, he is currently in D.C. He's uh, the chief of staff for Rich McCormick. I had to think about that for a minute. State Senator Mike Dugan, who is up in your area. State yeah, Rep. not too far Dave, from me. Yeah, State Representative David Jenkins, who is over sort of in the Noonan area, Jim Bennett, who is up in the Carrollton area. And I'm hearing that former state Senator Mike Crane might jump in too. Actually, Drew Ferguson beat Mike Crane years ago when he ran the first time. So got five, four to five people in right now. I suspect there'll be, you know, three to four more, but these guys are hitting the hitting the campaign trail already. I think Dugan's gonna be hard to beat just because just because of the of the population center he has and the uh and the money he, he 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 can he can drum up. Yeah, and there's also a, a Trump candidate who I failed to mention. Uh, ben Jack, I think, is his name, or Brian, no Brian Jack. I'm sorry, but Brian Jack has been working in Washington for years. Uh, he's supposedly going to come in with Trump Trump's endorsement. So I'm with you. I think Senator Mike Dugan is going to be tough, and then anybody that has a Trump endorsement is going to be tough to beat in a primary. Man. 
I would avoid a Trump endorsement like the plague. I don't know. Trump's going to be the nominee by March, probably. He, so, well, he will be, but he's not going to be on the ballot. He's no, not, he will be in November. Just, yeah, I know. But he, it's going to be interesting to see how Trump endorsement plays. I'm with you. I don't know if it in a May primary does it play well or not. Uh, that that's yet to be seen. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I and how his vocal coattails Trump were is about it, right? Yeah, his coattails were very thin last cycle. Yep, and, it, and you know, very, if, very thin. And then if Governor Kemp plays in this matchup at all, does Governor Kemp pick one of these guys? If if Trump goes for Brian Jack, does Governor Kemp get involved? Stay you know, in a run, in a runoff type scenario where it's Trump's candidate against uh, Mike Crane or a Philip Singleton, does Governor Kemp come out and support Just, one of those guys? Best thing Kemp can do is say either either one of these candidates would serve their district very well. Uh, I, I, we're so we're so blessed to have so many great Georgians that want to serve our state, serve our country, and leave it at that. I agree, but I mean, Governor Kemp's come out against Trump some over the last few years, so you know. I know, but he's he's got a race to run in in, uh, in three years. Yeah, I didn't. Hey, I didn't say it was the smartest thing to do, but. <laughs> I, I just don't know if he wants to. I mean, he may want to put his you know finger on the scales and. We'll see. I, we'll see. I, I think every time you throw an endorsement that that doesn't come through, it 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 weakens it weakens you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Is you know, I'm not saying you should stick your finger in the air and figure out which way the winds are blowing. And just okay, I'll support that guy. I'm not I'm not saying that's right either. I'm just saying it's better just to stay out of it because I say three years, two years, two two years from right now. Uh, he'll already have filed uh, or at least declared that he's going to run for senate or not. And, he, and, he's, and that's going to be a very expensive race, and he doesn't need to piss off any donors by by coming out against Trump, for Trump, or anything else, is, is I will support the Republican nominee, whoever it is, and I'll do everything in my power to deliver the state of Georgia for whoever the Republican nominee is. Very true. Leave it at that. Is, is start being a damn politician and choosing your words instead of getting your little feelings hurt. <laughs> little, little, little sand in your JJ and get a little irritated and, and want to go yell at people. Shut up. Try to show a little class and, and, and save it and save it for your race. <laughs> so we may get sports betting. Uh, it's is uh, making its comeback in the uh, in, in the assembly. Yeah, I mean it's done this. This is just actually the sixth year in a row that. Georgia lawmakers have attempted to expand gambling in Georgia to include sports betting. Uh, this all came about because the U.S. Supreme Court said in 2018 that states other than Delaware, Montana, Nevada, and Oregon could allow it. Uh, so sports betting is legal in 38 states. I didn't realize it was legal in that many states now. So in the Senate, <clears throat> early this week or early last week, they advanced Senate Bill 172, which would legalize, regulate, and tax sports betting in Georgia. What this does is creates a constitutional amendment. So the voters of Georgia would still have to pass the constitutional amendment, but this is just trying to get to that process where the voters would get a choice. This is the same plan, right? Where they want the lottery to run it? Yeah, and there's a little bit of confusion. Uh, Some people think the lottery can run it. Some people think it needs to be its own constitutional amendment outside of the Georgia lottery. So I think there's still some Legal opinions coming down on that. Uh, you know, the, they say this thing's costing Georgia. They say Georgians illegally right now bet about $5 billion a year on sports. So you can imagine the, the state coffers. They're saying, I think it's a 
maybe a three to four hundred million dollar uh, price tag of what we're missing at this point because we don't have sports gambling in Georgia. So you can see the urge to pass this. Well, here here's the thing: if the if Georgia is the house, I'm not betting with Georgia. I will bet illegally. <laughs> now, I don't know if Georgia's the house in this case. I guess if it's run by the lottery, Georgia would be the house, right? Right. Um, they're, they're the house, which means if I'm still getting better odds by using a VPN and, and saying that I'm in a different state and, and betting with a, with a uh, casino in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Las Vegas, I'll do that. I know. Or I'll, if, I, if I want to place bets, I'll go to Biloxi or, or fly, to, uh, fly to any dozen states that have that because florida for, for that matter i got right to go go down to one of the cherokee casinos of florida and start and lay down uh yeah, sports so bets. i'm like you i don't think i want the, the lottery running this uh but so i'm not sure how the the final version will come out whether georgia lottery runs it or you know do they just let other companies come in and you know you can just look it up on your phone and the companies uh, have to pay georgia taxes or we have to pay taxes i guess on our winnings on, on the winnings done so right. I wish there's not a ton of winnings, but uh, yeah, I think well, that's how, I think that's how this would shake out. There are there there are hits, but yeah, is is yes. If you're gonna if someone's gonna operate and stage just just like Amazon has to pay sales tax uh, yep. wherever they they deliver, it it would be the same idea. So if you bet with MGM online, I think that's what the one that Kevin Hart advertises on all the football games. Uh, MGM would would have to pay income that they collect from Georgians uh, yep. over to over to the state of Georgia, which is fine. I, I mean, look, I don't. I think all taxation is theft, but but ultimately, what I don't want is the Georgia lottery running it and them being yeah, the house. Either. Yeah, I totally agree with you because the, the, those lottery has the worst odds. Look, the lottery was more fair when the mob ran numbers. <laughs> Because the mob only took like ten percent. Lottery takes—I can't remember what their, what their cut is. Oh, the lottery the, takes a huge cut. Yeah. It's, oh it's, yeah, and, and and they're still broke. Yep. I've been and, against and, the Georgia and, lottery and, for a long time. I I just think it's the biggest tax on poor people uh, of anything out there. I think Giles said the best, if I recall, is he says it's a tax on people who can't do math. Yep. Exactly. Now look, I'm not a, I'm not above getting into a betting pool when when the, when the uh, Powerball or whatever hits hits super high. Oh, I'll do it. I'll spend five or ten bucks. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, no, no, no problem by me. But I'm also able uh, to put food on the table and clothes for my kids and still spend ten dollars well, on. I mean, uh, you can, you can look at me and tell me I can afford food. Ten dollars on the lottery, right? <laughs> well, is DEI about to die? God, hopefully so. And look, I don't know if everybody knows what that term is, but DEI stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this whole social, I don't know what the hell you call it, this whole push for DNI came out after really the George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, you know, over the last couple of years, all these companies, and they're, they're really being, it's really bribery at the end of the day, but these DEI companies are going out telling companies out in the US like GE or Amazon that they need to develop a DEI program. And in turn, they need to hire so many people of every, you know, unrepresented group and you know if everybody's regardless of qualification regardless of qualification it's not merit-based at all it's just you need to hire so many people of this this and this and this really has come to the forefront over the last couple of weeks after the uh the harvard president had to step down 
And then this Bill Ackman started criticizing all the DEI policies at a lot of these universities and businesses throughout the world. And finally, Elon Musk, not say finally, I appreciate Elon Musk for stepping in and saying that DEI was just DEI was just another word for racism, which look, I totally agree with Elon. It's these programs and, have And he is he is African American. Yeah, these programs have been terrible for companies in in, in America. You know, when we get away that, from that, merit based hires into that, you know, that flew type. right by you, Ken. Yeah, I heard you. I just didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> was, no, I heard you. I heard you. He's from South Africa. I got you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, these, and what I think is going to happen, and, you know, after the door blew off the Boeing plane last week, there's been a lot more people start looking to Boeing now. They're hiring practices. The company that engineered that door and the components of that was a company called Spirit Engineering. They're starting to look in these companies now. And even the FAA, they're looking into the FAA saying, are the people, you know, navigating the skies and telling these planes where to go? Are the pilots in these airplanes, were they DE&I hires or were they actually merit-based hires, right? And at some point, this is what everybody's worried about. There's going to be some kind of major catastrophe in the air or on land. And it's going to be because we put somebody in a position they weren't qualified to be in. And that's what these policies are doing is they're putting people into spots that they're just not qualified to be in, but they're the right color, right? Or the right gender. And, you know, and I think humor is some of the, is some of the best ways of, of looking at it. And, and thank the Lord for uh, Babylon B. Oh, I know. They, they put Love one out. Website. Yeah, they put one out that says, uh, Airline announces first all blind flight crew. (laughs) (laughs) And and you talked about it before. There's a picture of it was an all black, all black female flight crew. It says uh, about diversity. So, and you said that's not really diversity, but you mean good for them if they're all qualified. I don't don't care. Yeah, I don't either. I I just want somebody to get me from point A to point B safely. And 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 my uh, Woodford on the Rocks place. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, as, as long as the cabin service is good and the, and the flight's smooth, fine with me. I, I, don't, I don't care. Yep. But I would like to know that they've got the 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 recommended or not recommended, but the the prerequisite hours on heavy jets that they didn't get brought up from from a twin prop because hey, we need we need we need to get uh, some females of color in here. Uh, how long have you been flying? Uh, three days. Guess what? You're on you're you're on a uh, uh, an Airbus now. Come on. Well, that look. That's what I saw this week. Is pilots are starting to send. Uh, this guy on Twitter was asking for pilots to speak up and and say, you know, what's going on actually in the cockpit. And these these pilots that have been out there flying for 30, 35 years saying the airlines are putting these you know people in the cockpit with them that are unqualified and they won't let two unqualified people go. So they're sticking an unqualified person in with the pilot that's been there 30, 35 years just to say they met these diversity standards. And again, it's just it's not going to end well at some point. I, I, no, you're right. And, and look, it, I. The, the Alaska Air thing, and and look, there are tons of jokes on it, and, and the biggest reason the Alaska Air thing is funny is nobody was hurt, right? That you know, it it uh, the door came off at, at sixteen thousand feet. Uh, it didn't come off at thirty six thousand feet, which which would have been which would have been trouble. And look, it's not like the movies. The door comes off, it depressurizes. It's, it doesn't suck you out. Yep. Uh, now look, the Hawaiian Air flight. 30 years ago that the whole roof ripped off and a flight attendant, you know, went with the roof. That's a little different situation. 
But this whole idea of like Goldfinger, you know, James Bond movie, mm-hmm. where it sucks him through the window. <laughs> right. No, that, 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 that's that's that, that's not well, that's hey, not look, how it, took it works. The boy, it took one of the boys' jackets off. It was sitting close to that window. So well, I'm sure, I'm sure it did. I mean, yeah, yeah. but but that was an initial depressurization. Yeah, it's not just sucking everything out. And looks, they they got they they got down to a breathable air very fast. The pilots did a, did a, did an excellent job, but the thing that bothered me was that plane kept giving an alert of depressurization. They said, "Okay, well, you you can't fly over water anymore, but you can keep <laughs> flying." I know that's also my say. Yeah, I want the plane that'll fly over water, please. And they're they're even questioning the inspectors what their qualifications are. But the, yeah. you know, they keep finding these bolts that are loose. How in the hell does it come from the factory with a bolt loose? I don't know, but and you're you're probably wondering how are we tying a plane or a door coming out of a plane to the DE and I. But if you go out there and look at Alaska Airlines and Spirit Engineering, they have produced all these really cringe LGBTQ plus videos where they announce how friendly they are to DE and I, and how friendly they are to the LGBTQ plus community. And it just makes you wonder if they're concentrating on that too much and not on actually. Flying airplanes and putting airplanes together. Right. I, I, again, the ground crew, I don't care who they sleep with. <laughs> I don't I, I, I really don't. As, as long as they're not sleeping when they're supposed to be fixing the airplane I'm going to ride on, I don't I, I don't care who they're sleeping with. But I want them to be qualified. I don't want them yeah, I don't want somebody straight out of A and M school, um, A and P school, air airframe and propulsion is what A and P stands for. A and P school and becoming a, a lead mechanic. Working, working on my on the Airbus A330 I'm about to take, yep. and, and having never never actually worked on a, on a heavy jet before. Yep. Now look, this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions, not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the GeorgiaVirtue.com. You got a quick mule. Yes, Chris Christie. He finally well, okay, dropped, He's not that quick. No, he's not quick. But he finally <laughs> dropped out of presidential uh, Republican nomination last week. He said, quote, campaigns are run to win. That's why we do them. It's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination. There's never been a path for Chris Christie to win the Republican nomination. So good riddance to him. He's the mule this week. And I don't know if you saw him, but his only reason for running was to be the person that beat Trump over the head all the time. So he never ran in a good faith. He was always just there to attack President Trump. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure his donors really appreciate that. I know, exactly. Or his donor. I, I can't make that. Look, he was someone. Someone floated the idea that he may run as as a third party spoiler. Nice. Like, look, he was yeah. he was polling two, less than two percent. Yep. I mean, he wasn't invi- invited to the town. No, yeah, nobody. Just, nobody wants Chris Christie. Yeah. So we may get some voting changes in Georgia again. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting. So the Georgia House Speaker John Burns this week called or last week called for the elimination of the computer codes on the paper ballots that get produced and also stronger supervision of the Secretary of State's office. So, you know, if you vote on the Dominion machines and a lot of people, you know, there's a big push to just go back to hand marked paper ballots, uh, which I don't think is going to happen. But what the secretary or what the speaker called for is when you get that ballot printed out right now there's a qr code on that ballot so even though the ballot says who you voted for you have no clue what got coded onto that qr code he's calling us to eliminate that qr code and to put a special watermark on that ballot that shows you exactly who you voted on i think why that's important then is 
if they go back and do audit the results of the ballot, it's not a QR code that's got your votes recorded anymore. The votes would be directly on a ballot and anyone could go back in there and hand count those ballots, which I think is key. Does, and it's, it, does it mean, does it mean yeah. buying new scanners? Right. Uh, yeah. It's gonna, I mean, it's going to cost money. So he's got to buy. I mean, he's got to they've got to change how the ballots are printed and then the scanners. Definitely. So I think the price tag on this is two or three hundred million dollars. It feels like to to get everything done. And I could be wrong on that number. So don't hold me to that. So it's a pretty big price tag. But I do think the Georgians are at the point where they don't trust the Dominion voting machines. and They don't trust that QR code. So I think this is a good call for the speaker to get rid of the QR code and just. Make it easier it to look the, at your ballot and see who you voted for. It keeps the machines. It, yep. just it does keep them. the machines. Yep. So that money stays in place. Going, look, this is not going to happen this cycle. No, it's not. We're, I mean, in March and May, we're going to be voting on the same stuff we voted on. Like, but if even, this passed, it could even, change for even, November. Oh, man, to get to get new scares, either reprogram the scanners. Essentially what you have to do is turn I that. Think they that could, I think they, they could pressure Secretary of State to do it. I mean, I think. Look, I don't think anybody wants to vote on the same stuff we voted on two years or four years ago. Uh, I know I don't. Raff, Raffensperger will howl and scream. He of course, will. He thinks he's going to be the next. He thinks look, he's going to be the next governor, so he he may he may push it through. Well, look, that's the second part of this that he called for. He said he also wants to have more oversight on the Secretary of State's office. Uh, so he's. Uh, you know, he's putting forth that we need to have a new committee that supervises Secretary of State's office, and he wants to take the state election board. So the state election board today is up under Secretary of State. He wants to take that state election board and move them independent of the Secretary of State's office, where they have more authority to to do stuff. Which I have no problems with that either. I, I think that would I, be I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem with moving it out from under him, but I also don't think you're going to be able to intimidate a constitutional officer. Not that like one. It, it, well, I mean, any SOS. I mean, he's he's a constitutional officer. He's a con- state constitutional officer. He's not, he's not, you know, we're not talking about a county prosecutor here. We're talking about state level. Uh, it, it takes, it would take, Raffensperger breaking the law to remove him. Actually, not just breaking the law, be, being being charged would get him suspended. Getting convicted would get him would get him removed. Yep, and nobody's saying he's breaking any laws. It's just that you know he's not the, doing the, much. The House Speaker is just saying, yeah, there needs to be more done here, and we need to have more oversight on your office. Well, it, but this is a problem that they're addressing. That's Brad Raffensperger uh, specific. And I, I worry when, when you start when you start doing stuff like that is you do it in perpetuity. So yeah, what happens when you, have a, when you when you have a Republican uh, SOS at a, at a Democratic uh, uh, legislature? Yep. I mean, I'm, entire, look, I'm all which is entirely possible. I'm all for the people of Georgia not voting on Secretary of State, Insurance Commissioner, uh, any of those positions. I, th- I think they ought to fall up under the governor to appoint and the legislature to approve. I think most people don't know what Secretary of, of State does or the insurance commissioner or any of those other. The ag. Labor commissioner, the ag commissioner. I think all people, those people, should be yeah, appointed by the governor. So then when he gets, if they if the governor doesn't like what they're doing, they can get rid of them or the House can get rid only, of them easier. only know Gary Black's name because it's on the fuel pumps or right. it was. Yeah, so I'm I mean, all for getting rid of some of these. It's not that I'm not willing voters to vote 
anymore. And they're and all they're doing is voting R and D. Yeah, but and we Raffensperger got in yeah. because because the sign because because signs went up like overnight. Exactly. People I consider these jobs like the president's cabinet, where the president appoints a cabinet and they're confirmed and, by and, and Congress, confirmed by the Senate. Yeah, right. And I, I'd love for the same thing in Georgia. I, you know, I don't know if that would ever happen, but I really think the governor should it, appoint it, these it'd be, positions. It'd be very difficult in a 40 legislative uh, yeah, you'd have to uh, pass a con- legislative well, you'd, day. You'd have to pass a constitutional amendment first, I'm sure, to change the Georgia Constitution. But after that, I mean, I think it could happen uh, where the governor gets elected in November. He appoints his cabinet by uh, the first day of legislative session, and then they approve them. I think there's plenty of time for that to happen. I just don't know if people have the... You know, the kahunas to make that change. Probably not. All right. Where's Kevin McCarthy when you need him? I know this is totally backfired on Republicans in Congress. So they kept Kevin McCarthy out, put Mike Johnson in as new speaker. And now he's in the same boat that Kevin McCarthy was in. He's having to pass a spending deal that's not that, uh, you know, it's not taking spending down. It's actually increasing spending a little bit. And it sounds like the conservative wing of the House is saying, we just traded Kevin McCarthy in for Speaker Mike Jackson, and nothing is happening. So none, none of these spending caps or you know deals that we had with the former Speaker are taking effect, and it's just some of the same old stuff that's been going on forever. So it's going to be interesting to see if Mike Johnson makes it much longer. Uh, I hope he does. I mean, I don't think we need another Speaker fight, but. It just shows not, that Congress isn't not blocking not during during, a, during election season. No, not it's, during election it's, season. It, it, it does unless yeah. unless Gates is is just it's just completely selfish. Yep. Uh, there's it's not it. Look, the the speaker is all who should uh, let's say is mostly middle of the road because they especially when it's split so close. Yep. If if the conservative wing or the MAGA wing or the libertarian wing had a vast majority. You could you could put do whatever you want. For some reason, when the liberals take over, you get a Pelosi. When Republicans yep. t- take over, you get some mealy mouth, uh, uh, limp wristed, uh, quote unquote, you know, Republican. Yep. So, Kenny, as we're running long, you have any closing thoughts? Oh, I think I'm good. Glad to be back this week, and uh, look forward to updating everyone on the session, Georgia session, as it goes on. We'll have some good updates here over the next few weeks, especially since since it's uh, it's uh, it's compressed. Get get your winter coats out and and get uh, if you have a generator, ha, have some fuel for it. Oh, it's uh, gonna be cold. Yes. Tuesday, uh, as the show drops, uh, they're calling for a possibility of precipitation, and the lows are going to be like uh, puberty levels, like you know, ten to <laughs> ten to twelve degrees. Oh goodness, that, so, that was not funny. <laughs> so big thanks to Eric Cumbie, who's who's our editor. Y'all got to hear him a little bit last week. To Ken Poland, my partner in this endeavor, I'm Dave Roberts. We'll talk to you next week. Catch me howling at the moon